politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, so you know, uh, Jen Psaki Snarks said Biden's botched Afghanistan withdrawal was very similar to the Vietnam conflict. Didn't Biden literally say we were not going to see the fall of Saigon play out again in Afghanistan? Didn't he? It's literally the opposite of what he said. Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? It's going to be a quick one. It's going to be a quickie. And that's because... I'm filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, at 6 o'clock tonight, so I got to do a little bit of a quick one, but I will Politics. tell you this. Oh, or I heard you already. I'll tell you what, though. Um, I'm going to play an interview for you in a few moments with a, a guy who's running for Congress. I'm going to start doing more interviews with people who are uh, running as Republicans for Congress to try to take back the majority in the House. His name is Larry Kasha. He's up in North Jersey running in a district that used to be held by Republicans, the 11th district. Uh, even though I accidentally call it the ninth, no big deal. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk to him in just a few minutes. I'll play you the interview that I recorded with him because I want to expose all these candidates to you. And I just, there's too many to do on the show. So we're going to try to do them on the podcast as much as possible. But a couple of things I wanted to share with you before we leave. This is what uh, Snarks said today in the White House press briefing. Uh, earlier. Of course, uh, we are still at war uh, with a virus uh, that is continuing. And and that is the president's top priority. He has said that before. Still at war with the virus. 70 percent of Americans say enough. Let's go. Let's move on. Move on. Move on with our lives already. Enough. Oh, Biden did the creepy whisper thing again today. Yeah, he was talking about uh, his his moonshot thing. And he starts doing this whispering. He starts saying, well, one of the things is people don't want to share their medical information. And then Biden goes, they all want to share it. Hello, Sydney. You want to play a game? Do you like scary movies? Also breaking news, CNN's Jeff Zucker resigns following another sex scandal at the ratings-plagued network. What a mess over there. CNN President Jeff Zucker, citing relationship with a colleague, has now resigned as the president of CNN. He said, I came to CNN on January 28th, 2013. Together, we had nine great years. I certainly wish my tenure there had ended differently, but it was an amazing run, and I loved every minute. A triumvirate of CNN executives will lead the network on an interim basis. Now, the colleague that he referred to, according to the whole thing, is apparently Allison Gullis, an executive vice president and chief marketing officer. In a statement, Ms. Gullis said that she and Mr. Zucker have been friends for over 20 years and that the relationship changed. Ready? Because COVID. No, I kid you not. Because COVID. During the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, I regret that we didn't disclose it at the, t- at the right time. I'm incredibly proud of my time at CNN and look forward to continuing the great work we do every day. Zucker said his relationship with Ms. Gullis evolved in recent years. Because COVID. He said he was required to disclose it when it began. It was wrong not to do so. Uh, apparently this caught people off guard. I have to wonder, too, if it's also the fact that CNN stinks. The ratings are in the tank. What is their viewership down by, like, 90% or something since Trump left office? They should get Trump to run CNN. They would have high ratings. All they could do is just bash them all day. They would love it. They really would absolutely love it. Uh, What else can I tell you? Uh, A couple of other things, too. Biden is uh, Biden concerned that we're going to pay a Chinese company over a billion dollars for rapid COVID tests. Those at-home COVID tests. That, well, why, by the way, what do we need these for anyway? Virus rates are plummeting 
everywhere, everywhere. Even Philadelphia acknowledged they're plummeting, although they said today we're probably going to be stuck with masks for the foreseeable future. Virus rates are plummeting. So what what are we doing with these at-home COVID tests and $1.2 billion going to a Chinese company at this point? If anything, it seems to me like this would have been helpful Thanksgiving, Christmas, not now. What, what was the point now of doing this? But anyway, this is what the question was today. Um, the COVID tests that are being sent out by um, the federal government, um, yeah. the, the Chinese company and on health owns iHealth, which is um, one of the providers. They have a they signed a $1.3 billion contract with the Pentagon last month um, for, for these tests. Um, is the administration concerned about sort of both the, the sort of optics and messaging of sending something to Americans' homes? It says says made in China on it at the same time that you're, you know, doing this thing that you consider to be a positive good for Americans um, and just kind of the overall, you know, philosophy of, of giving um, federal contracts to China. Well, well, I would say our objective and c- continues to be to increase um, U.S. manufacturing capacity of tests. We also needed to meet a need that we had in this country for more tests and a shortage of tests and the understandable demand from people across this country to get tests and make them free and accessible, which required us purchasing some of those tests uh, from China in order to meet that demand. Uh, China, because we can't make anything here in the United States under this president. Well, we can't. I mean, we can't even fill all the jobs. I told you yesterday, Domino's Pizza is paying you to deliver your own crappy pizza now. If you go and pick up your pizza, Domino's will give you a $3 tip. They'll give you a $3 tip for coming and picking up your own pizza. They're paying you to pick up your own crappy pizza. And it's not real pizza. Don't eat it. But, you know, go to your local pizzeria. But that's my point, though, is and you understand my point. Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, apparently the lesser Cuomo went after Jeff Zucker and exposed him and outed him, apparently. This is uh, little Brian Stelter today commenting on Jeff Zucker's resignation at CNN. The Chris Cuomo reference. Cuomo was fired in December, and he is not going out quietly. He was fired, and there were reports that he wasn't going to get paid the millions of dollars that were going to be on the remainder of his contract. So as a source uh, said to me earlier today, he was trying to burn the place down. He was going to court, trying to burn the place down, and claiming that he had incriminating information about Zucker and Gullist. So if that's the case, if this is a domino effect that begins with Andrew Cuomo going down the governor's office and then Chris Cuomo being fired from CNN and then Jeff Zucker losing his job at CNN. That is a remarkable domino effect, a chain of events. I think that is part of the story. The lesser Cuomo taking his revenge. And apparently now uh, with Janice Dean at Fox News commented on this, you know, she hates the Cuomos and particularly the LoveGov Cuomo because he killed her family members with his ridiculous and horrific nursing home policies. This is her reaction to the resignation today. It's happening, you know, the investigation into Andrew Cuomo's relationship with Chris Cuomo. And now, you know, was there a cover up from the president of CNN and how did that unfold? What I do hear is that this was one of the worst kept secrets the zucker relationship and and the fact that this woman who was his second in command uh was also at one point working for andrew cuomo so you, i mean you can't make the script up yeah i mean it, 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 again it, it's probably just the idea yeah you can't i mean you can't make it up it's right i mean he's right you cannot make this stuff up uh allison camarada very upset by this she's one of cnn's anchors very upset as you can imagine I do just want to say something personal for a moment, if I may. Sure. And that is, I mean, I, I feel it deeply personally, but also I think I speak for all of us and our colleagues. This is an incredible loss. 
It's an incredible loss. Jeff is a remarkable person and an incredible leader. He has this uncanny ability to make, I think, every one of us feel special and valuable in our own way, even though he is managing an international news organization of thousands of people. I mm. just know that he had this unique ability to make us feel special. And I don't think that that comes around all the time. And I think, again, it's an incredible loss. And I just think it's so regrettable how it happened. If, if what you're reporting mm. is true, these are two consenting adults who are both executives that, that they can't have a private relationship um, feels wrong. Well, I think there's two, two. Well, you have to realize something. The The issue here is that it was he was outed by Cuomo, who went and got his revenge. The lesser got his revenge. And so because of the fact that it wasn't disclosed properly, that's the issue that they were hiding it. And why were they hiding it? You have to ask yourself that question, too. But look, I mean, I, I who, who am I to judge other than Chris Cuomo's lawyers reportedly pressed on Jeff Zucker's conflict of interest in his own lawsuit against CNN? So it was the lesser Cuomo who went after him. And by doing so, by doing so, basically now, I don't think CNN had a choice. I also think they wanted Zucker gone. He's probably incredibly expensive. The ratings stink. That whole network's a mess. They still don't have a 9 p.m. replacement. Cuomo's legal team asserted that Zucker was hypocritical to suggest Cuomo had a personal conflict of interest when the relationship with Gullis represented a potential conflict of interest as well. This is a little bit from the other exchange on CNN today. This memo, uh, um, according to the memo here, it was a consensual relationship that evolved in recent years. And, they, and he did not disclose it. And thus, that's why he's resigning. I've just received, Kate, while we're speaking here, a, a statement from Allison Gullist as well. As I said, Gullist, the top marketing executive for CNN, she's remaining with the company. And here's what she says. Quote, Jeff and I have been close friends and professional partners for over 20 years. Recently, our relationship changed during COVID. I regret that we didn't disclose it at the right time. Uh, Gullis going on to say, I'm incredibly proud of my time at CNN and look forward to continuing the great work we do every day. There you go. Well, that's your update with that little nonsense that's happening. And uh, what can I tell you? The other big news, of course, and I'll talk more about this tonight when I fill in for Mark Levin, is that uh, we are sending troops to assist NATO countries and we are on the now the precipice of war because the Democrats did not stand up to Vladimir Putin when they had the chance... When Trump announces China travel ban in January of 2020 against the backdrop of deep COVID ignorance, the media reaction tilted toward alarmist. When Biden did the Africa Omicron ban after everything we'd learned, the media was almost emphatic. I'm sorry, empathetic. <clears throat> Same border rules, vastly different betrayals. Great piece from Matt Welch from the Reason magazine. Trump's pandemic travel bans received vastly different media treatment than Biden's. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and this is the same the situation with Whoopi Goldberg. And this is what I said earlier, which is that if Whoopi were a conservative, she'd be out of a job. But she's a lib in good standing. And so because she's a lib in good standing, she will have this two-week vacation, and then that will be the end of it. That'll be the end of it. And then she'll move on with her life. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very telling how many conservatives have made jokes and have been canceled forever. And she didn't even make a joke. She said something that was horrible and stupid and hateful. And I don't want anybody to lose their jobs. I'm just saying the double standard and hypocrisy, you cannot look at me with a straight face and tell me that if Whoopi Goldberg were a conservative, she'd have a job. There's, there's no way. You cannot say that with a straight face. The truth is the matter. The truth of the matter is, is that Whoopi Goldberg is a lib in good standing, and that's why she will keep her job, and that's the way it is. That is the truth. And uh, look, I bring you the truth.
Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, so as I get ready to fill in for Mark Levin, please enjoy this interview with a Republican conservative running for Congress against a Democrat. Uh, we need to take back the House of Representatives, no doubt. We need to get the majority back. This is critical. This is crucial. Um, nothing I can say is more important than making sure that we have a new speaker in November or in January when the person is sworn in. It has to happen, no doubt about it. I'll see you later tonight as I fill in for the great one, Mark Levin. Thanks so much for listening. All right, I'm very happy to introduce you to a great friend of mine. He's actually a godfather to my daughter. I've known him for a long time, and uh, hopefully he'll be uh, a congressman soon if he can defeat a woman who is up there, and she said she was going to be much different from Nancy Pelosi. She's turned out to be just another Pelosi clone. I want to introduce you to Larry Kasha. He's running for Congress in the 9th Congressional District in New Jersey. Uh, hey, Larry, thanks for joining me today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. You know, Absolutely. Uh, we've, known each other, we've known each other for a long time, and I don't know if I've ever... Actually, I was on your show years ago when I used to call in when you were, uh, you know, just starting out and looking for people to call in at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and, and you were you were very kind to be one of the only people that would call in at 3 o'clock in the morning, so I appreciate that. Well, Why you, you were know, up at 3 o'clock in the morning, one can only imagine. Uh, I was purely to talk to you, believe me. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Uh, so you're, you're running for Congress. You got a big fundraiser coming up yep. next week. You got a, you got a big guest coming in. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, this part of New Jersey is it's critical because this district was for years. It was a Republican district for years. And then now there's a Democrat congresswoman there. But th this is a district that can easily be won again by a Republican. Jack Chidrelli won this district uh, when he ran for governor of New Jersey. If uh, if this is this is one of the four targeted districts in the state and nationally, people should pay attention to this because this your district right now where you're running for Congress could mean the difference between a speaker Pelosi and and and, and a Republican speaker. Well, I, I got to tell you, I'm going to do my best to make that happen, uh, if at all possible, because you're right. I mean, it was. Republican for literally decades. And then our Congressman Rodney Frillingheisen uh, decided to resign. And unfortunately, um, we have Mikey Sherrill, who's in office right now, and she's funded by the West Coast, to be quite honest with you, and Soros and his crew. Uh, and she amassed a lot of money and was able to uh, defeat two candidates prior to me. This will be her third uh, election. And we're going to try to change that because before she didn't have a record. Now she's got a record. And you're right, Rich. I mean, she's basically a, a Nancy Pelosi. I tell people, yeah, she, she makes herself out to be a moderate. And the mere fact that she puts on a cardigan and a string of, of pearls doesn't make her June Cleaver. Uh, I mean, if you look at her voting record, she votes along with AOC and uh, Pelosi 95% of the time. And when folks ask me, well, you know, they say, you know, she, she's really nice. You know, how do, how do you overcome that? I said, well, would you vote for AOC or Pelosi if they were your congresswoman? And they say no. I said, well, it's exactly the same thing. It's just a different face. She votes right along with them all the time. So she's got pretty much a radical agenda that really isn't District 11. It really isn't. You know, we're much more of a common-sense district than, um, than, unfortunately, she represents. And, and I think it's important to realize that, you know, even if you don't live in the district, I mean, this this is so critical to winning the majority back. And uh, this, this is one of those places where it really can be done. Because I know people are fed up with, with taxes. I know people are fed up with inflation, the prices. I hear about it every day. I mean, this economy, it's, it's, it's scary right now. It's scary that there's still – these guys were over today, a uh, new sponsor of mine, and they're an HVAC company. You know, they need – 
workers. But there's still such a problem with getting people back to work in this country. Uh, I know that, you know, like in New Jersey, for example, uh, we still have a major problem with people going back to work. Prices are soaring. Gas is soaring. This, this it, Things are just not going well right now. I mean, the country is going in the wrong direction on, on so many levels. Uh, you, you look at inflation. You know, I unfortunately had the opportunity of living through inflation. by Ronald Reagan's administration, are being put in place again because I guess we just don't learn uh, the history of it and we're just going to continue to make those mistakes. When you cancel the pipeline and when you withdraw uh, drilling rights and we have to rely on foreign fuel and as a result of that, the price of everything goes up because let's face it, anything that's in a store is brought to you by truck. Prices continue to go up. And as a result of that, it's a, it's a key factor in, in inflation. So what we need to do is we need to reopen, the, uh, the uh, reestablish, uh, developing that pipeline. We need to uh, reinstitute uh, drilling rights so that we can become an a, uh, energy exporter as opposed to importer. And it also, I mean, uh, we, have, we have an issue going on right now over in the Ukraine. And you know, people think that, well, you know, we're... The issues that we have aren't related to what's happening in the United States right now. But that's really not true. Because Biden decided he was going to cancel the pipeline and, again, get rid of uh, drilling rights, and we become an oil importer as opposed to exporter, countries like Germany that need energy, need that oil, are going to rely on Russia. They're not going to come to our aid, or I should say the aid of the Ukraine, when in essence they know that the tap might be turned off. So we're hanging out there by ourselves. So it's our internal policies that are directly affecting things that are happening over in the Ukraine right now as well. Because if Russia saw that the entire European Union was behind us, they'd be singing a different tune right now. But they're not because the European Union is relying on Russian oil. I think it's a great point. I think it's an excellent point that people don't talk about enough. The European Union is not united behind us. Germany's not. Germany's not on board with this. Well, they're, they're afraid that they're, uh, they're not going to have oil. and It'll directly affect their, their livelihood, their economy. And so they're not going to risk it at this point. They basically say, well, you know, the United States is large enough. Let, handle, let them handle the situation out there. But if we uh, end up where there's an armed conflict over there, it's going to affect everybody in the world. And, you know, it's, it's a, uh, in part, in part uh, a direct result of the Biden administration's policies regarding energy. Larry Cash is with me. He's running for Congress in North Jersey. He's running as a Republican, and uh, this is a critical, critical race towards winning back the majority. I think the other issue, too, that a lot of people are dealing with right now, and they're looking at the crime that is soaring across this country. Obviously, I broadcast in Philadelphia. We've got a record number of carjackings. We've got record homicides. We hear about what happens in New York. Uh, two officers gunned down recently. Uh, you know, Random shootings, people getting pushed in front of subway trains. It, it is, And you mentioned George Soros earlier, Larry. It's these woke prosecutors like Soros and others who have, or, or I should say, woke prosecutors who've been funded by Soros and others who are there now and they don't believe criminals are the problem. They think criminals are victims and they're not prosecuting these people. And it's a real problem. And Biden is not leading on this area either. He, he could be calling these people up and saying, you got to put these people behind jail. I mean, there's so many things he could be doing. But again, this is another area where Washington is just failing people. But it's not only Washington, it's, it's the entire Democratic Party that might be in power in these not only cities, but also legislatures. Uh, you're right. When uh, they look at the uh, criminal as the victim, 
as opposed to the victim being the victim, and have these new bail reform policies. Well, really, there's nobody being um, uh, put in jail right now waiting uh, for their trial to come up. They're letting them back out on the street, and these people continue to uh, commit crimes. What we need to do, quite honestly, is when you talk about defunding the police, that's lunacy. I mean, it's really madness. And that's basically, Richard, one of the reasons I'm running. When you see a, a, um, a reporter standing in front of a blazing building and talk about the fact that it's peaceful, peaceful protesting, I, I mean, it's just incredulous. Rioting in the streets is not peaceful protesting. It's unacceptable, but we're asked to be uh, accept the unacceptable. And I think the vast majority of the people in the United States are just sick of it at this point. I know I am, and that's, again, one of the reasons I'm running. I just got tired of yelling at the TV set. So what we really need to do is back up our police departments and make certain that these prosecutors that are in office right now who put their hand on whatever Bible or whatever sacred document they have and say that they're going to enforce the laws uh, locally of the state and of the United States and then don't do any of it, I think they should be prosecuted, quite honestly, because in essence, they're breaking the law. I think that sounds great. I think a lot of people would get behind that, Larry. Well, well, I just think it's common sense. I mean, if you're hired to do a job as a prosecutor, prosecute. And when uh, folks are arrested multiple times and they continuously let them out um, and continue to commit the crimes, uh, you just have to do something about it. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, Rudy Giuliani might be uh, in disfavor with some folks right now, but you look what he did with New York City. At one point, it was it was completely crime-riddled, just as it is right now. And uh, what he did was he came in and he started enforcing the laws, right from the individual who comes up to your car and starts washing the window through major crimes. And the, the crime rate just plummeted at that point. We have to enforce our laws. They're on the books for a reason. And, you know, in, in years of, of practice, you know, because I am a lawyer, uh, but I didn't do criminal work. But I saw over time that when um, your penalties are enhanced, that particular area of crime goes down. Uh, for instance, um, you know, drunk driving. There was a time when every Monday you could pretty much rely on getting a drunk driving case because somebody over the weekend just imbibed too much and they went out driving. When they enhanced the penalties... It dropped off tremendously. So that's what we need to do. We have to realize that criminals are criminals, and we have to enforce our laws and then put them in jail because that's where they belong. Larry Cash is with me. He's a conservative running for Congress up in North Jersey's 9th Congressional District. It's a district that must be won. It's got to be one that is taken back. Uh, it is the 9th, right? I said the 9th. It's the 9th, right? Uh, it's actually the 11th. 11th. Why I say 9th? 11th. 11th district. That's okay. That's all right. Whatever district it is, I'm running it. <laughs> You're running in that one. <laughs> I'm uh, running it. I'm now, in it to win it. Now, like I said earlier, I mean, this is a district that can definitely be won. It's it's a winnable district, no doubt about it, because it was in Republican hands for for a long, long time. And uh, and the 11th is one that Republicans should definitely take back. By the way, along with the 9th and along with the 5th and along with the, uh, uh, the, the, the 3rd district, too, in South Jersey. So I think these are four districts that, that could be picked up by Republicans. Uh, you're obviously one of those guys that's going to work really hard to get a lot of people backing you. you got a big name coming in. Also, to raise some money for you coming up, tell us about who it is and tell us the date of that fundraiser. Well, I have to tell you, uh, we're really excited about it. Uh, Steve Forbes um, is not only coming in, but he's endorsing at this point. Um, and uh, the reason for that, quite honestly, he realizes that uh, the economy uh, is key to everyone's um, ability to have a good life. And uh, he sees what's going on uh, right now in the Biden administration and in Congress. 
and he's looking for someone like myself, thank goodness, that's going to go down there and uh, bring some common-sense business tactics uh, to Washington so that we can continue to thrive as we did years ago as opposed to the direction that we're heading in right now. So, yes, um, he's going to have a fundraiser for us. Uh, he's headlining uh, on uh, February um, 10th. So we're real excited about that. That's excellent. Excellent. If people want to um, come by and join you, Larry, and learn more about your campaign, where can they go? They can go to cashaforcongress.com. And cash with a C. It's uh, cash with an A at the end. Cashaforcongress.com. What do you think is going to be job number one, assuming that you get in there, the Republicans take back control of Congress? What's got to be job number one? Well, you know, it's, unfortunately, there, there are so many priorities. It's kind of difficult to set job number one. First and foremost, I hope that we have a continued Republican wave throughout the United States and that we take uh, back the, uh, the House and, and the Senate, because then we can try to control what's happening uh, with policies and mandates that are coming out of the White House, uh, because he's still going to be there. Uh, he's going to be there until 2024, and then hopefully we take him out there as well, and then we can start really controlling things. So what we really need to do is, uh, uh, day one, is to try to reverse some of the uh, edicts that have come out of the White House right now, some of the um, executive orders um, that have come out of the White House right now. And uh, there are some items uh, that, you know, we could pass laws on, but you know the, uh, the, uh, the president will probably veto them. So I think what we need to do is look at, the, look at the issues that resonate with the American population right now. And if we can't control them by legislature, by, by legislative means, uh, because the president will veto things, make certain that we speak out. And that's one of the problems that we have with Mikey Sherrill. I mean, there are so many things that direct us, uh, that affect us directly in New Jersey, but especially in the 11th Congressional District, but she doesn't address them. And sometimes you, you look at what somebody does and what they don't do and what they say and what they don't say. And all too often, the silence is deafening around her. And um, that's what we need to do. We need to speak up. Uh, we need to make certain that the policies that are in place right now that are ruining the economy and ruining the country are reversed. Now, Larry, I've known you. I've known your wife, Debbie, for a long time. You guys have been great friends of our family, and I know you're a man of integrity. I know that you'll you'll do a great job. Uh, you'll work very, very hard for the people who put you there. I, I think the la last question I want to ask you is: when you think about everything that's going on with with COVID and 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 all all of the 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 policies around this, I mean, you know, it seems to me this administration has gone overboard with with everything, with vaccine mandates, and of course, in the state of New Jersey, we're still dealing with mask mandates for kids in school. It's an ongoing battle with my daughter, Claire, your goddaughter. I mean, it's it's just a never-ending situation. We need to start pushing back on this. I think there's there's still a lot of fear. You know, recently I was reading that the entertainment industry, businesses, restaurants, they, they got killed this month. Uh, they're just, the economy is still hurting a lot of ways. How do we get people back? How do we roll back this, this, this some of these COVID nutty policies that are out there? Well, what we have to do is we have to put COVID in, in proper perspective at this point. And uh, granted, yes, you know, apparently uh, the new strain, uh, we can get it very easily, but it doesn't appear to have um, real severe effects. And as a result of that, the, the Biden administration is way overreacting to this whole thing. And when they come down with policies that require um, mask mandates and vaccine mandates, let me tell you. Let me tell you about a story uh, regarding a veteran and how it directly relates to uh, Mikey Sherrill in this particular issue. Um, there um, was a gentleman running 
in the 27th legislative district. And as a state committeeman, one of my jobs is to go out and try to help these uh, people get elected. Uh, John Sims. Uh, John um, is a veteran now, but he served uh, on active duty for approximately 18 years, something like that, um, in, the, in the Navy as an officer. Uh, he then went on reserve status, uh, and he received a letter oh, about four months ago, something like that, from his, from his government that basically said this. If you are not vaccinated, not only will you be discharged, but you're going to be discharged dishonorably, which is bad enough. Uh, many of people, yeah, may, many people in, in armed services you know, tried to get an exemption. They issue absolutely no exemption. Then to make matters worse, he receives a subsequent letter that says not only will you be discharged dishonorably, but any educational benefits that would accrue to your kids are going to be withdrawn as well. Now, that's also a contractual issue because when he re-enlisted, it was part of the contract. And now not only will he be dishonorably discharged, but his kids are going to lose their, their benefits. And this man has served his country now for over two decades. And, I mean, it's egregious. And what do we have? You know, Mikey Sherrill, who indicates that, you know, she's a veteran and we see her commercials where she's flying around in a, hol- in a helicopter. Uh, you know, and, and oh, by the way, you really can't govern at 10,000 feet. You have to be on your feet on Main Street is where you have to be. But instead, she says absolutely nothing. When, when there's a person within her district, and I'm sure there are many of them, that are being treated this way by their government, even though they had uh, a, a stellar record in the service, and now they're going to be discharged dishonorably, and their kids don't have the ability to go to school. Uh, it's egregious. She says absolutely nothing. It's another area where her silence is deafening. Larry Kasha, candidate for Congress, KashaForCongress.com in the 11th Congressional District of New Jersey, <laughs> conservative Republican. Larry, thanks for joining me today. Best of luck. Rich, we'll talk to you again soon. Enough. I can't thank you enough, sir. And um, to everybody out there, if you don't support me as a Republican, you need to support somebody else. But the long and short of it is, if I'm your guy, go to the website. Thanks.